Hello and welcome to the United Community Channel. This is your latest Manchester United news. My name is Jack. Welcome to the show. Uh, you're all more than welcome, as always. Plenty to talk about and plenty to get into. But, of course, we're mainly going to be talking tonight about Jaden Sancho and the shitstorm that's going on at Manchester United, basically. Uh, there's been... I suppose, update upon update upon update throughout the day. So we're going to go through it. Uh, as usual, get your thoughts into the comment section below. Smash a like on the video. Hit subscribe if you're new as well. But yeah, I mean, look, let's jump straight into it. Obviously, you know, we know what's been going on with Jaden Sancho over the last week to 10 days alongside Eric Ten Hag. There's been a fallout, a very public one at that as well. And, you know, it's getting messy. Let's say that first and foremost. So, you know, just to give you the timeline for anybody who's kind of unaware, obviously, Eric Ten Hag was asked a question within the press conference after the Arsenal game as, as to why Jadon Sancho wasn't in the squad. He replied he wasn't training well enough throughout the week, so he was left out, so on and so forth. Within an hour, Jadon Sancho had released his own statements saying he was a scapegoat and, you know, don't believe everything you read and there's more to the situation, so on and so forth. I suppose everybody had a couple of days off then. There was a bit of a breather. Monday then was, the, I suppose, the next day in the timeline when any of the non-international players were due back in training. A meeting between Eric Ten Hag and Jaden Sancho took place. That meeting didn't go well. So I suppose the update today, and it's coming in from The Athletic. Anybody watching on YouTube, you can see it on the screen. Anybody on TikTok, if you want to, Get involved in YouTube. We've got all of the articles on the screen over there. Get over to YouTube, United Community Channel. Link is on the homepage. But anyway, uh, this is coming from The Athletic. Jaden Sancho banished by Manchester United after refusing to apologise to Eric Ten Hag. Now, look, we did see, obviously, that Jaden Sancho took down the post that he had on his Twitter page. The Twitter post was the response to Eric Ten Hag and, and what he said in the interview. So... You would be thinking straight away, okay, maybe, you know, all bridges are not burned here and that, you know, there might be a way back for Jaden Sancho. But, I mean, these reports are suggesting otherwise. Let's go down through it. Uh, Jaden Sancho is training away from the Manchester United first team after he refused to apologise to manager Eric Ten Hag, the athletic, can reveal. The 23-year-old will now work away from teammates at United's academy facilities as the club look to resolve what they refer to as a squad discipline issue after his public outburst on social media following the Premier League game with Arsenal earlier this month. Sancho said he had been made a scapegoat for a long time after Ten Hag had earlier claimed Sancho wasn't selected in the match day squad for the 3-1 defeat due to his performances in training. The England international was subsequently asked to apologise to the manager but refused to do so, which has now resulted in the club taking action. United declined to comment when approached by the Athletic. He has effectively been banished from first-team training and will now be uh, and will now not be considered for selection, beginning with the visit of Brighton and Hove Albion to Old Trafford on Saturday there uh, until there is a resolution. Club statement on Thursday read, Jadon Sancho will remain on personal training programme away from the first-team group pending resolution of the squad discipline issue. Um, yeah, so, I mean, look, so far, it's not sounding too good, really, isn't it? And, I mean, we go back to what we've said previously about this. And I think Eric Ten Hag has dealt with this absolutely perfectly. You know, I've, I've got a lot of, uh, I suppose, comments and responses to some social media posts that I put out over the last couple of days. I suppose condemning Eric Ten Hag and condemning his treatment of Sancho and, you know, how this isn't the first time and he has to treat the players better and how poorly he's running the club and so on and so forth. I, I, I cannot disagree more with them people. I respect all of these people's opinions. Now, look, obviously, some of them are opposition fans and, and that's okay as well. But, I, I mean, I don't see how Eric Ten Hag could have dealt with this any other way, you know. And if he has fallen out with a player, so bloody what? Managers fall out with players all of the time. And it's this soft, woke generation now that, you know, you think, oh, you can't say that to players. You can't do this. You can't do that. A manager's job is to manage the dressing room. It's to get three points on a Sunday. It's to try and get the best out of every player that he has. And if you're not doing that, then, okay, great. See you later. I'll do what I can 
to either try and get the best out of you or I'll just try and move you on. And I think Ten Hag, is, it, it's worked perfectly. Um, Ten Hag uh, has said uh, after the trip to the Emirates Stadium on September the 3rd that Sancho's omission from the squad was down to his display in a week running up to the game. Uh, Jaden uh, was on his performance in training. We didn't select him. You have to reach the level every day at Manchester United. You can make choices in the front line. So in this game, he wasn't selected. So, I mean, I think it's pretty clear there from, from Eric Ten Hag why Jaden Sancho hasn't been selected. And look, we've said this before, haven't we, in relation to Jaden Sancho. This is not the first time these kind of issues have arose or have arisen in his career. It happened at Dortmund, it happened at Man City, and now it's happening at Manchester United as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that Eric Ten Hag has come out and said something like that, you have to reach the level every day at Manchester United. You can make choices in the front line so in this game, he wasn't selected. So basically, Eric Ten Hag can make choices in the forward line. And, you know, Jaden Sancho has got competition. He's not going to walk into the team. Now, look, I mean, Sancho responded on Twitter. You know, we've gone over this a few times, but we'll go over it again. Um, he said, please don't believe everything you read. I will not allow people saying things that is completely untrue. I've conducted myself in training very well this week. Well, first and foremost, whether you think you've conducted yourself well in training or not means absolutely diddly squat. The only person you need to, I suppose, convince and make believe that you had a good week in training is your manager and your coaches. That's it. You don't have to try and convince yourself. You don't have to try and convince your mammy and daddy when you go home for your dinner on a Saturday evening. You don't have to try and convince the fans through social media. We don't pick the team. Eric Ten Hag picks the team. If Eric Ten Hag says in an interview, Jaden Sancho wasn't picked because he wasn't up to speed or wasn't up to scratch in training this week, it's up to Jaden Sancho to go, right, well, do you know what? I'm going to bust my bollocks next week and I'm going to make sure I'm in it next Saturday or next Sunday. You know, rather than taking to Twitter and airing your grievances to the world because you don't agree with a managerial decision. It's his job to manage the team. I just find it so incredulous, I have to say. It's it's such pettiness out of out of Jaden Sancho. Um, he goes on to say, I believe there are other reasons for this matter that I won't go into. Uh, I've been made a scapegoat for a long time, which isn't fair. I mean, again, <laughs> we'll get into Harry Maguire in a few minutes. Jaden Sancho thinks he's a scapegoat on the, and... Does he not realize what's been going on in Harry Maguire's life for the last two years? You know, because Jaden Sancho has been his teammate for the last two years. I mean, it's it's such it's such pettiness out of uh, Sancho. I mean, I would say something if his performances were good. He's had probably a handful of good performances where you've gone, oh, that's that's the Sancho that we thought we were buying. But the next game, it's gone. There's no consistency, and. I've said it on multiple occasions. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo got thrown out of the club by Eric Ten Hag. And he'd done an awful lot more the season before he got thrown out than Jadon Sancho has. Jadon Sancho got three months off last year. You know what I mean? He scored 12 goals in 85 appearances. I think he's got four assists. And you think going up against the manager is going to have any, I suppose lasting positivity within the squad for you. You're you're living in, as Roy Keane would say, you're living in cuckoo land. You know, he says, all I want to do is play football with a smile on my face and contribute to my team. I respect all decisions that are made by the coaching staff. Clearly he doesn't. Uh, I want, uh, I play with fantastic players and grateful to do so, which I know every week is challenging. I will continue to fight for this badge no matter what. Well, you'll be doing that in the reserves now. Uh, United were open to selling Sancho to the Saudi Ara uh, to Saudi Arabia before the transfer window closed last week, but the player declined to engage and instead flew to New York for a break. There you go. <laughs> the manager says your training is not up to scratch. And you decide to fly to New York for a break. You know, you're not involved in the international setup for your country. Your manager is saying your training is not good enough for your club. Yeah, I think I'll go to New York for a break. I mean, that just tells you everything about the mindset of the player, you know. So for anybody who has any 
you know, inkling as to who is, you know, away with the fairies or who is wrong here. I mean, it's clear. It's Jaden Sancho. You know, he's not included in the England squad. His manager says his training is not up to speed. But rather than staying in Manchester and doing some extra training and getting yourself ready to come back for Brighton, no, I think I'll fly to New York for a break. I mean, that just tells you everything. It just tells you everything. Um, but anyway, before the Arsenal match, Sancho uh, had featured in all three of United's Premier League fixtures uh, with his most recent appearance uh, being against Nottingham Forest in August. Um so, look, I mean, he was being included in the squad, you know. He was getting game time. He had quite a decent preseason, And all of this has gone sour very quickly, you would have to say. Now, whether he doesn't agree with what Eric Ten Hag has said, that's, you know, another, uh, I suppose, issue that he may certainly have. And, okay, fair enough. But, I mean... It's the mindset here of Sancho that's really frustrating in my eyes. And I think when, I mean, when you see such a, when you see such a simple statement by Eric Ten Hag, and Eric Ten Hag didn't go into that press conference wanting to say anything about Jaden Sancho. He was asked a question, he gave his answer. When you see such modern softness coming out of Jadon Sancho after this. I mean, if you go back to the Alex Ferguson days, Ferguson fell out with players every year. You know, every single year Alex Ferguson fell out with players. Some of them lasted, some of them didn't. It depended on their mindset. It depended on whether they wanted to prove the manager wrong. You know, you look at some of the class of 92, for example. Ferguson used to criticise them all the time. You know, both in the dressing room and then he would say, no, we weren't good enough today. We weren't good enough at the back. You know, this guy didn't play well. That guy didn't play well. He called Wayne Rooney out. You know, one. Ad so, I mean, it's all about getting a reaction from your players. You know, and I think Ferguson used to do that to get a reaction to see, right, well, what's this lad really made of here? You know, let's see what he's made of. And I think Eric Ten Hag is along the same lines here. He's tried everything with Jaden Sancho over the last... 12 months, it is 12 months, I suppose, because, you know, he tried playing him on the left because that's where he said he wanted to play. He didn't want to play on the right anymore, even though we bought him because of his performances on the right-hand side for Borussia Dortmund. So he switched him to the left. He then gave him three months off. He then brought him back and put his arm around the shoulder and gave him as much time as he needed. So I think Eric Ten Hag's tether was getting very, very short with... Sancho, and I think maybe this was the, the 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 final real way that Ten Hag was trying to get a reaction out of Sancho. Come on, show me what you're made of. And he didn't. He got the complete opposite. Now, I'm going to fly to New York for a break for the week. So, I mean, it's it's just, um, you know, and, I, and I've got opposition fans, you know, in some of the posts that I've put out over the last few days saying Ten Hag is a disgrace. You know, you don't, you can't treat players like that anymore. You don't see managers treating players like that. Pep Guardiola, got rid of Cancelo in two weeks after he came out and criticised uh, Pep Guardiola. So Cancelo criticised Guardiola and he was gone. He was gone on loan to Bayern Munich and where has he gone now? He's shipped off to Barcelona this year. You know, you do not cross the manager. End of story. The manager is in charge. And I'm even getting some Manchester United fans that are complaining about Eric Ten Hag and his treatment of Sancho and this and that. And I mean, I just can't, I just can't get over how idiotic some of these United fans are. I have to say it, you know, for six, seven years, we have been crying out for standards, you know, standards within Manchester United, within the club, within the playing squad. And we finally have a manager who's setting standards. I'm the boss. Do not cross me. If I get it wrong and the ship sinks, then I'm to blame. But I am in charge and I'll make the decisions. I am setting the standards here. If you do not follow the standards, you're gone. Marcus Rashford was 40 seconds late for a team meeting last year. Take, take a seat, son. Get the bench. And what did he do? He took it on the chin like a man, came on and got the winner against Wolves. That's how you do it. Jaden Sancho was the complete opposite. We have a manager now who's setting standards within Manchester United 
for the first time in nearly 10 years, in probably over 10 years, we finally have a manager that's doing it. And we've got fans that are complaining about it. I just can't understand. It just boggles my mind. It absolutely boggles my mind. Um, but yeah, let's go through some of the comments here because I know I've been rambling on a little bit there. Chris says, I wouldn't let him anywhere near Carrington. Don't let him uh, poison anyone with his mentality. I think that's probably why he's gone, Chris. So I'd agree with you there. Scott says, haven't been around in a while. How is everyone doing? Hope all is well. This Sancho situation has me starting to give up uh, on the club at the minute. Rotten from top to bottom. I wouldn't be giving up, Scott. Welcome back, by the way. I wouldn't be giving up because I think this is a good thing. Just like I said there, Ten Hag is setting standards. So happy days. Uh, Chris says, how can someone with six goals and nine assists in three years think they've, uh, they need special treatment? Party Pooper says, it's just all a circus at the moment. I wish we were all about football again. Look, we will be. We'll be back playing football in a couple of days' time. Uh, Scott also says, this club is cursed, man. Seriously, we just can't catch a break lately. Don't get me started on Anthony. Well, look, I mean, Eric Ten Hag is doing a number of different things. And let me just go back. If I could rewind back. If I could rewind back 10 months, or sorry, 12 months, to when Eric Ten Hag took over at Manchester United, we were saying, this is going to take time. We need, as a fan base, to be patient, all right? Now we're in the middle of it, we need to be patient. Eric Ten Hag is being given the time by Manchester United. He is not under pressure for his job, okay? He has been given the time to do what he wants to do with this squad. He's weeding out the little weasels. He's weeding out the players that are not good enough. He's weeding out the players that are not mentally strong enough or, you know, don't really want to be there or that are, or that are there for a paycheck. It's going to take time, okay? And he's doing a good job so far. We've seen him getting rid of the Lingars, the Pogbas. He got rid of De Gea. Tough call on that one, but we need improving there. You know, he got rid of Cristiano Ronaldo. He got rid of... Now, by the looks of it, Jaden Sancho. So these are all massive decisions, and he's cleansing the squad. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. It really, really is. Um, let me see what else people are saying here. Uh, Irish lad says Sancho is a United player. Uh, Sancho isn't a United player and never will be. Uh, too many fairies in football nowadays, overrated English football uh, that believes in his own hype. Uh, Niall says, uh, the iceberg uh, on the cake is Mammy Maguire made a statement today. I'm going to get into that one in a minute as well. Uh, absolutely. Aaron says, soft players these days, you wouldn't see Keane or Bex posting online. No, you wouldn't. You really wouldn't. Uh, let's see. Your invalid says it's ridiculous how soft football has gone between the players and fans. Someone always crying about something online. It's ridiculous. Uh, and Jock says uh, he needs to either get his head down uh, or back off. 350k a week. What a joke. Can't even be bothered to train. Let's see what people on TikTok are saying here as well. Uh, we'll go through some of your comments. James says, I'm not a United fan, but I think Rasmus could fire United into form. He has star quality. Well, I went back and looked at the highlights of, of uh, United and Arsenal only last night. And I was looking at, I looked at the, I looked at the final 25 minutes or 20 minutes that he played just to look at him. And I was really, really impressed with him, I have to say. What's the story with Martial uh, leaving training after five minutes, says Tim. So he came in at, at five to nine but they didn't have to be in until 10. So he just left again. So yeah, he got his timing wrong. Um, spot on, lads. Spot on, maybe people are saying. Tiara says, uh, he went about things the wrong way by replying to Ten Hag. Absolutely. Put your head down and work hard. Alfred said, I support Ten Hag no matter what. Uh, Johnny, thanks for the follow. Much appreciated. Uh, Brian is in there as well. User says, uh, he will be back next week with the first team. Just doing this for the media. That is bullshit. Uh, Delby says he's building his own team. Absolutely. Jack says, what do you think of Harry Maguire? I'm going to get into Maguire now in a moment, guys. Uh, and he, Tom Red says, have to be patient. Look at what Arteta has done with Arsenal. Absolutely. Look at what Klopp has done with Liverpool. Look what Guardiola has done with Man City. I mean, you need time as a manager to get these decisions and get these, I suppose, um, get the team, I suppose, in molded into your own vision it's just that's the way it goes that's the way it is you know it really is um so yeah i just want to go through some of the some of the posts that um uh 
uh, have come up today. So James Ducker in the Telegraph has been saying uh, a few things here as well. I'll go through some of these. I'll just show you on the screen. So he says, uh, Sancho believes, uh, let me just split it there. Sancho believes there has been notable inconsistencies in the way Ten Hag has applied certain rules in relation to him compared to teammates. Okay, that's one. Uh, he also then says, he, uh, Jaden Sancho is unhappy that Ten Hag went public in the first place with his grievances. I don't believe this one. I think this is nonsense, to be quite honest with you. And the reason being is that when Jaden Sancho came back from his three-month hiatus and begin, began to play with us, there was a number of positive things that were put out there. His profile picture was of him and Ten Hag smiling with each other. So I think that's absolute nonsense, I have to say. Um he also says Jaden Sancho is understood to feel that he has been a victim of double standards at the club. He believes there has been a notable inconsistencies in the way Ten Hag has applied certain rules in relation to him compared to teammates. Well, maybe it's horses for courses, Jaden, you know, and that what works with one person might not work with another. And maybe it's the fact that different players are putting up different standards within training and within match days and within consistency, you know, so you're not going to be getting the same kind of treatment as Marcus Rashford last season, because he was scoring 30 goals and you were getting three months off and not performing. So why would there be the same kind of, I suppose, treatment there? There couldn't be, there really couldn't. So yeah, I think that one is absolute nonsense. Um, Let's see. He's refusing to back down. Uh, other reports here are saying Man United have given Ten Hag total support and are not pressuring him to back down. The manager is said to feel wronged. The manager is said to feel wronged and decided to take a tough stance by axing Sancho from training. Well, to be honest with you, I love this because this means that for the first time in a long time, and this is where I will give the board a lot of credit. I don't give the board a lot of credit too often, but they are backing the manager here. He is in charge of the squad. The board are in charge of behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, hiring and firing managers and, you know, brokering deals for players and the financial side. The manager's job is managing the team and managing the squad. And they have said, you're in charge. Off you go. If you think Jaden Sancho needs to be dropped from the squad, then you bloody well drop him from the squad. So that's something that I am really happy with there. Uh, let's see, is there any other updates? No, that's it so far. Uh, so yeah, look, I mean, Jaden Sancho is refusing to back down as well. His career at Manchester United is going to be very, very short-lived, it has to be said. He has, what have we got? It's September, so we're talking all of October, all of November, all of December. We're talking three and a half months. It's going to be a long three and a half months for Sancho. I can't see him getting regular first-team football. I really can't. I think Pajo asked, what's Sancho's weekly wage? I think he's on about 350 grand a week, which is just criminal. Um, Martin, thanks for the uh, follow as well. Much appreciated. So, look, I mean, Jaden Sancho, I don't think, I think he's, his his career at Manchester United is, is coming to an end. It really is. I don't see any way back. There was no way back for a better player, a higher profile player in Ronaldo. And I mean, what would everybody think if Ten Hag back down now and allow Sancho back into the team without him apologizing publicly and without him, you know, really, really up in his game? It would, you would have open season on the manager from every player. So this is a very important, it's a very important stance that Eric Ten Hag has taken because it's shown the rest of the squad, don't fuck around with me or I'll throw you out that door, you know, to anybody. Marcus Rashford, you know, probably the biggest name at the club at the moment. And last season, you know, without a doubt, our best player. 40 seconds late for a team meeting. Dropped. Bye-bye. Take a seat. You know, 
Get a few splinters in your arse there on that bench because you ain't playing. You were late. These are the rules. You stick by the rules or you go. End of story. And like I said, we have been waiting 10 years for a manager to start putting some proper standards into the playing staff and into the squad and into the, the inner workings of the club. We finally have that now with Eric Ten Hag. So any Manchester United manager who's given out about him, you have a very short memory or you're too young to remember when we used to have standards, one or the other. Anyway, um, let's see, let's see. DM says, United uh, aren't in debt to Glazers or 700 million, but the club is worth 6 billion. They could pay it off tomorrow. You're an absolute fool if you think that's true. But anyway, Mary says, today's players wouldn't survive uh, with the likes of Joe Jordan, um, Michael Greenhoff, brothers uh, too soft now. Absolutely. Joe Jordan. Remember Joe Jordan? He was an animal. Now, he was a bit before my time. But I remember him. He was assistant manager with Spurs and he was standing up to Gattuso on the sideline. I think Gattuso threw the head at him. Joe Jordan was a tough cookie, all right? So he was. But anyway, look. Um, Let's move it on and talk about, <laughs> let's talk about uh, something else. Will we, will we talk about, uh, will we talk about Harry Maguire, I suppose? Because look, I mean, I'm starting to feel a bit sorry for Harry Maguire at this stage. Harry Maguire's mother releases a statement on disgraceful abuse copped by her son. Uh, now look, I feel sorry for Harry Maguire. I really do. But um, your mother coming out to back you up, in the in is publicly is not going to do you any favors. It really isn't. I have a feeling. I have a feeling Harry Maguire hadn't a clue that his mother was going to put out this post because if he did, he would have gone. Oh no, ma, don't, ah ma, ah ma, don't put out that now, will ya? Jesus, you'll embarrass me in front of the lads. Don't put out that ma, will ya? So <laughs> I mean, look, I understand where she's coming from, but this is not helping Harry Maguire. Where was his mother's? congratulatory post to the fans when he was getting a lot of praise before he signed for United at Leicester and for England and all of this. We didn't see any of this. So you got to take the rough with the smooth. And, you know, I'll look, we'll, we'll have a look at the post here and what it says, but uh, his mother put out a post saying, Sorry, I'll do it this way because it's easier to see. As a mom, seeing the level of negative and abusive comments in which my son is receiving from some fans, pundits and the media is disgraceful and totally unacceptable to any walk of life, never mind someone who works his socks off for a club and country. I was there in the stand as usual. It's not acceptable uh, that uh, what's been created over nothing. I understand that in football, in the football world, there are ups and downs, positives and negatives. But what Harry receives has gone far beyond football. For me, seeing him go through what he's gone through is not okay. I would have, I would hate to have seen any other parent or players go through this in the future, especially the young boys and girls breaking through the ranks today. Harry has a massive heart and it's a good job he's mentally strong and can handle it as others may not be able to. I wish this sort of abuse on nobody. And where I can see where she's coming from, absolutely, I would be saying to her, and I would be saying to Harry Maguire, you don't put this right with an Instagram post. You put this right by improving how you play on the field. Harry Maguire has not been good enough. And it's that's it. It's black and white. He has not been good enough for Manchester United. If he had, he wouldn't be getting the negativity. You know, now there always are idiots that go too far. Of course there are. And there are going to be idiots that go too far to lads who are playing really well. So, you know, you're in the public eye. That's how it works. Harry Maguire needs to leave Manchester United. If he wasn't at Manchester United, he wouldn't be getting the same level of criticism and abuse. He he has had an opportunity to leave Manchester United, but his mother decides to come out so his mother decides to come out with an Instagram post saying it's disgraceful and all of this. But he should have left Manchester United and instead he wanted to stay for the money. So if you want to stay for the money, then you're going to have to be able to take the criticism. 
and not have your mammy back you up. So, I mean, Harry Maguire should have left in the summer. The manager made it quite clear he didn't want him. You had a, a very good team in West Ham who are now flying it, by the way, who were very positive about wanting to sign him. And he turned it down because he was getting paid more at Manchester United. And he wouldn't go because he refused or he wanted a payoff that Manchester United refused to pay him. So, Harry, I'm sorry, but you deserve every bit of criticism you get for the way you play football. Anything outside of football that you get criticised for, that's, you know, on, I suppose, that you do not deserve, then okay. But for your performances on the pitch, if they do not improve and you get criticised, tough shit. You stayed for the money. You deserve the criticism if you're not playing well enough and if you're not able to play well enough in a team like Manchester United. Sorry. Tough muff, my friend. Tough muff. Um, but yeah, let's see what people are saying here. We'll go to TikTok first. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me just write down what time we were there. We're talking about... Do, 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 do. Let's see. It's disgraceful what's happening to him. He doesn't pick himself, says Jay. Well, he doesn't get picked at all, really, anymore, Jay, because he's not good enough. Uh, the boy says his mom makes his lunch when he goes to work. Is he now? Uh, this should have left for himself. Uh, Dex says, so we can't say he's shit anymore because it upsets his feelings. What? What's or that's it? Football's gone. Rockstar says Eric Ten Hag will never accept or take the responsibility of team losing. Instead, he usually blames players. What? How, either you're an opposition fan or you're a Man United fan who hasn't who hasn't watched many games. Oh, People should educate themselves before they comment. Anyway, Mary says, uh, then he lets a goal in against England uh, and the booing was unreal. I covered my eyes. Uh, you're spot on, Harry, says Johnny. Uh, let's see on YouTube. Scott says, it will be a miracle if Ten Hag succeeds at this club in the state that it's in at the minute. Uh, I'd back my mammy against anyone. Uh, Caleb, thanks for the gift. Much appreciated. Chris says, where was his mam when he was in jail in Greece? Uh, she writes a letter then too. Aaron says, uh, would you let your ma do that? Because I wouldn't. <laughs> and Ben says, players need to learn if you, if, you're, if you play poorly, you're allowed to be dropped. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, my friend. Anyway, let's move it on to some, um, I suppose, news on the weekend in relation to Manchester United. Uh, and obviously, we've got a big game coming up against Brighton. It's not going to be an easy game, really isn't. Now, there has been some worrying news suggested today that doubts over Lissandro Martinez's availability. Now, I went through it in my match preview as well, guys. If you haven't checked it out, Go and check it out once this live is over. Anybody on, on TikTok, uh, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got our match preview up there as well. Go check it out. We do our uh, score prediction, uh, starting 11, all that kind of stuff. But Lissandro Martinez, now we'll know more, obviously, once Eric Ten Hag does his pre-match interview. But I think that's coming up tomorrow, I think, is it? But he, uh, supposedly there is a doubt. Now, Martinez did go on international duty. However, he didn't play due to, obviously, precautions or whatever it was. But I suppose the the worrying thing here is we've got a makeshift defence as it is. Varane is still out. He's not going to be back for a few weeks yet. We know, obviously, Luke Shaw and Malassi are out. Now, look, Delow had no problems playing left-back last week at Arsenal. He was probably our best player. But Lindelof and Martinez, it looks like it's you would hope it's going to be our centre-back partnership. The last thing we want to see is a repeat of Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire playing centre-back together. Now, look, Lindelof is fine. He he only came off against Arsenal because of an illness. He went on international duty and he played as well. So he's going to be OK. But I do worry about Martinez. He's just been, he's just been such a great player as far as that. Um, I hope 
and pray that um, he's available. But look, I mean, if he's not available, you're probably going to be looking at, a, uh, you know, Lindelof and Maguire again. And we know how that goes, you know. And again, I don't have a lot of criticisms for Lindelof because we've we seen last season when he played a string of games at centre-back with somebody that wasn't Harry Maguire, he actually looked like a very good defender, you know. And I think he got lumped into the same category as as Harry Maguire because he had to play with him. It's it's kind of similar with the whole maybe McTominay and Fred. They were kind of played together an awful lot. It never worked. And we've seen, although Fred obviously is no longer at Manchester United, we've seen some improved performances from him last year under Ten Hag when he played alongside the likes of Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes and so on, quality players. So I have no problem with Lindelof. You know, I would have him there absolutely happy with that, but we need Martinez back. We really, really do need Martinez back quickly. Brian says, I have problems feeling bad for millionaires who get their feelings hurt. Would break your heart, Brian, wouldn't it? It would absolutely break your heart. Chris says, would you start Evans and Lindelof or Maguire and Lindelof if Martinez is out? I would, uh, you would, you would probably have to start Maguire, as poor as he is. I just think Johnny Evans, his he just has his pace. He's he's just too slow. It, it all depends on what way you're setting up. If you were going to play with an Amrabat and a Casemiro, if you were going to play maybe a four-two-three-one, you would have that that extra defensive midfielder with Casemiro and Amrabat there. Then maybe you could play the likes of Johnny Evans. I mean, Lindelof has pace as well. Of course he does. I would probably be happier with Johnny Evans and Martinez because I think Martinez could do an awful lot more of covering. I think he would be faster than Lindelof, even though Lindelof is not slow. And you would have kind of a balance of a right footer and a left footer there as well. But yeah, I, look, I don't really want to see Johnny Evans starting at all, to be quite honest with you, this year. Except for, you know away to Oxford in the FA Cup or, you know, Copenhagen at home in the Champions League. Games like that, you know what I mean? Scott says, what we don't want on top of all the bullshit is more injuries. Absolutely. Luke says, I'm so torn of the Sancho decision. I understand reading through the media, being the scapegoat, must have a toll. But like, this wasn't even from Ten Hag. Is he saying this was done privately? He's just being a... I think he's just being a spoilt young millionaire, Luke, who can't take any form of criticism. So, anyway, uh, Ben says, could Casemiro play there? He could, he could, but look, I don't think... Uh, I don't think... I mean, obviously, look, if Martinez is fit, he's going to play there. I would rather have Casemiro and Amrabat play together in midfield because midfield has been our weak point so far this season. And I think if we take Casemiro out of the midfield and put him in at centre-back and leave Amrabat as the only defensive midfielder with likes of maybe Eriksen and Bruno, I think we'll get overrun. I really do. I mean, Amrabat hasn't been there long enough to really... I mean, he's never played with Ericsson before. He's never played with Bruno Fernandes. He's never played with... I don't know if he's played with any of his team, his new teammates. So I would rather have Casemiro and Amrabat there together and then just bring in Maguire, maybe. Or Johnny Evans. I don't know. I don't know. Or... Would you bring in maybe Regulon and play Delow or Wambasak in there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look, it all comes down to this man being fit, Martinez. Let's hope he is. Let's hope he is because if he isn't, it's going to be a tough day at the office. You're going to be what? It's like when you walk into the office, you're going to be like, oh, you're wanting some. You know, one comes up to you and goes, well, have you any holidays booked? How's the family? And you're just going. You're fuck off and stop talking to me and just let me do my job, will you? So, yeah. <laughs> but again, it goes to show that a couple of injuries and all of a sudden we're talking about squad depth again, you know? So, 
Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Uh, Niall says, if Casemiro uh, could there, if Casemiro CD, there will definitely be penalties. If Casemiro plays there, there'll, say, there'll definitely be penalties. Uh, Chris says, I think we need to clog the midfield against Brighton. Cottle says, I'd rather have an academy player play a centre-back than Maguire or Evans. Luke says, show squad depth, doesn't it? Yeah, there you go, Luke. That's what we were saying. Uh, bring back good old Phil Jones. <laughs> Jesus. Phil Jones is back as a coach at Manchester United, for those who didn't hear. So, yeah. But anyway, let's talk about uh, another player who has supposedly a niggle, but could be back in time, is Amrabat. Uh, this, again, is coming from James Ducker in the Telegraph. There is hope Amrabat will be involved for Man United's game against Brighton. Well, let me ask you a question here, and, and you know, a couple of people have answered it already in the chat. Do you play Amrabat with Casemiro straight away? Does he go straight into the team? We know that Eric Ten Hag tends to delay introducing new players into the squad. He likes to allow them time to get to know the way he wants them to play, get time on the training ground. You know, like I said before, we've seen Casemiro historically, I think he was on the bench for four games before he actually started. So what do you do? Do you play? I know the the defeat against Arsenal uh, wasn't at all pleasing. But I think the midfield performance was much improved. And we've seen, obviously, the Casemiro, Eriksen, Bruno midfield last year work really well. So what do you do? Do you drop maybe Eriksen out and bring in Amrabat? Do you leave it the way it was against Arsenal? Let me know in the, let me know in the comments. Um, because, look, Amrabat is going to provide some well-needed depth for it into that Manchester United squad. He really is. And I think the fact that we're talking about this now is a good thing. Who do you play? Do you play Amrabat? Do you play Ericsson? You know, I don't think Mount is going to be ready, but when he comes back, do you play Mount? Whatever it may be. We've got a bit of depth. Kobe Mainu is due to come back, I think, by the end of the month as well, which is great. So we're starting to see a bit of depth in midfield coming back. Hopefully, if we can keep them all fit. So Eric Ten Hag has got some decisions to make. But I do like the fact that we've got different styles, different, yeah, I suppose different styles of central midfielders now. We've got an Amrabat who can play more defensive, who can play further forward, who can do a box-to-box role. A Mason Mount who similarly can, you know, play in the 10, play in the 8. Eriksen can do the same. Obviously, Casemiro can do the same. So I think it will allow us to change games. And Eric Ten Hag can go... You know, if he does go Casemiro, Eriksen, Bruno, and it's not working and we're getting overrun in midfield, he can go to Eriksen, man, on you come, and bring in Amrabat then and, and shore it up. So I think that, that is a good option that we're getting. And, it's, it's you know, having depth allows you to do these, these kind of things. Uh, please do smash a like on the video, guys, if you haven't done so already. If you're new to the channel, please do hit subscribe. Anybody watching on TikTok, hit the follow button. Closing in on 40,000 followers. And uh, our goal on YouTube as well is to reach 5,000 subscribers by Christmas. Uh, so please do help us out. Anybody watching on TikTok, if you can, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel as well. The, the YouTube button is on my homepage. Just click my homepage, click the button, hit subscribe, and you can come back. We're live over there as well. So I'd appreciate it if you could give us a hand uh, with that as well. We're on the road to 5,000 subscribers. So, yeah, let's see what people are saying here. Um. Chris says, bring me Amrabat. Watch his progressive passes. Amrabat, Casemiro, Bruno in midfield. Rashford, Highland, Pelestri with exclamation marks. Bring Mount on if he's fit in the second half. Well, look, that, that sounds quite positive to me, in fairness. Luke says, have to question why we didn't go for Ward-Prowse late in the market. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, Chris says, if you watch Amrabat at Fiorentina, he was number one in Syria for progressive passes into the final third. There you go. There you go. And Scott says, I think Amrabat and Eriksen will be subbed for each other all season. Don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's good to have that connection between a couple of players as well, where you can go, you know, we used to see it last season where Fred came on basically on the 60-minute mark most games for Christian Eriksen. And anytime Fred started over Christian Eriksen, it was vice versa. So 
yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's uh, it's a good thing that you have connections like that. We're going to finish on a positive, guys. Of course we are. And I want to bring up, I want to talk about one of my favourite players at Manchester United. Who's your favourite player at United? Put it in the chat before I tell you who we're going to talk about here. Let me know who your favourite player in the match, in the current squad is, because uh, there's some really, really good... Uh, stats here that that we're talking about uh, and that I'm going to get into. Shane says Fernandez, Luke says Bruno, John says Bruno. Um I, I won't leave you waiting any longer. We're going to talk about Bruno. We're going to talk about Bruno because a statistical breakdown of Bruno Fernandez so far this season. This was an article done uh who was it done by? It was done by I don't know who it was done by, but anyway, it's good reading, let me put it that way. Anybody watching on TikTok, we've got it up on the screen over on YouTube if you want to switch over United Community Channel over there. So anyway, let's get into it. Manchester United have begun the season in undoubtedly poor fashion. They're currently sit 12th in the table with a negative goal difference fresh from a disappointing 3-1 defeat to Arsenal. Whether it's the eye test or more comprehensive statistical analysis, Eric Ten Hag's side have not performed well across the opening four games, which makes the individual contributions of Bruno Fernandes all the more impressive. The Portuguese powerhouse has delivered a strong demonstration of top-quality midfield play at a time when his teammates have been unable to match his standards. As usual, Fernandez has been ever-present on the pitch. He ranks joint first for minutes played, an area he's always strongly represented in giving his excellent fitness levels. His ability to stay fit borders on anomalous uh, in his career. The United... <laughs> this is crazy. The Manchester United captain has missed more penalties than he has games through injury. So there it is there. Bruno Fernandes has missed five penalties in his entire career and he has missed four games in his entire career due to injury. One of them, two of them were due to illness and the other two were due to leg injury and both of them were um, international, international duty. He's never missed a game for club in club football for by injury. That's an unbelievable stat. An absolutely unbelievable stat, uh, it has to be said. Uh, in terms of effect on the pitch, Fernando Fernandez has also contributed significantly. He ranks first for big chances created and joint fourth for goals amongst midfielders. He also ranks. Uh, he also racked up the joint fifth most tackles and second for distance covered. So there we go. Bruno Fernandes has covered the second most distance by uh, a player so far this season in the Premier League. He's ran 46.84 kilometres with only Kulisevsky for Spurs beating him at 47.7 kilometres. He's an absolute animal. And I think his the criticism that he gets, I understand that he can be petulant at times and he can be, you know, he can have poor games every now and again, but I think we focus on them poor games too much, I have to say. He is returning to the United squad after fulfilling International Week where he starred uh, for Portugal and United will be hoping for more from their talisman. Ten Hag will be hoping Fernandez teammates can use their captain as a benchmark of top performance levels they have to hit if they have to improve this season. This just goes to show anybody that is... I've seen... Fans, both United and opposition fans, saying over the last few weeks that giving Bruno Fernandes the captain's arm mount was a joke. Look at them stats and what he does and how he leads by example. Yes, he can be petulant at times. Yes, he can, you know, have a bad game like every other player can have. But he's his stats speak for themselves. He is a world-class player. He is the best footballer at Manchester United by a long shot. He's better than Marcus Rashford. He's better than Casemiro. He's better than uh, Lissandro Martinez. Now, them players might be more favourable to some fans, and that's understandable. But he is by far the one and only player. He's up there with a player that would probably get into any team in the world because of the stats that he's putting up. He's unbelievable. And the criticism that he gets, both from United fans and opposition fans, Disrespectful. It's complete and utter bullshit, to be quite honest with you. The likes of Graham Souness and these and these guys. I'm a massive Bruno Fernandez fan. He frustrates me at times, of course he does. 
He frustrated me an awful lot more before Ten Hag came along. We've seen last year he cut out a lot of these, you know, 70-yard passes where he was losing balls and trying to flick balls with his heel around the corner. He's cut an awful lot of that out of his game. And uh, he leads by example. He just leads by example because of his work rate, because of the statistics that he's putting up, you know, the chances he's creating, all of that kind of stuff. And I have a feeling, I have a slight suspicion, it's in here somewhere, in, do you know that area, not the butterfly area, the area where you get a little bit excited, not down there, south, up here a little bit, that him and Rasmus Highland could really, really, really spark a good partnership up together. He's been creating so many chances and we had a terrible goal difference last year. What does that say? We're not finishing the chances that we're creating. He's continued to, cre to create chances this season. We've got a new striker. If he can get in the end of some of them, we're in for something good. We're in for something good. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there, guys. Uh, thanks for watching. Do hit subscribe. Hit like. Please hit the share button as well. If anybody you do know would like to uh, subscribe or would might like the channel, get on it as well. Um, you can get all of these new shows as well on our Spotify and listen back to them if you're out for a run or you're in the car or whatever it may be. They are behind a paywall of $2.99 as well. It supports the channel. But all of these daily news shows that we do, they will go up live uh, or they will be uh, published within an hour of us finishing our live on Spotify. So if that's something you are interested in and you want to help out the channel, please do. If you want to become an official member of the YouTube channel, the link is in the description of the video there. Uh, you've got some extra content available, badges beside your name, all of that kind of stuff. And you do get a chance to come on with us for our match reaction videos after each United game on screen to give your reactions and all that kind of great stuff. So if that's something you're interested in, please do hit the link in the description. Check out the options. As you know, it helps the channel out an awful lot. But more than anything else, just hit subscribe. Hit follow if you're watching on YouTube. I do or on TikTok. I do appreciate all the support, guys. On the road to 5,000 subscribers for Christmas. Give us a hand. Give us a dig out. Thanks for watching. We're going to be back again tomorrow night. Tomorrow is Friday. It'll be our last news show of the week. Like I said, unfortunately, I will not be doing a watch along for the Brighton game. I've got a wedding to go to, but I'll be giving my match reaction and all that throughout the day. So uh, make sure you stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Well, you're on TikTok, but Instagram, Twitter, and join our Discord group as well, guys. Uh, it's all in on my homepage on on TikTok, and it's in the description of the video here on YouTube as well. Follow us as much place as you can so you won't miss out on anything uh, but I appreciate it thanks for watching chat to you tomorrow night stay safe hope you have a good one take it easy